Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. So tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, has been a premier virtuoso of a guitar player in the city of Philadelphia. He was the lead guitar player of a band called Ike. He's been in several other bands, the BTB band, the Brett Talley band. You can catch him uh, at the Victory Brewing Hall, I believe it's called, uh, with a band called Bangarang, cover band. I first met him years ago. Um... I guess it was under Jackson's Local Shot series. Um, I'd, I'd known Ike. It was the first band from Philadelphia that I, I, I saw on the way down 76. I saw a big billboard and then um, saw his picture up there and saw the single. You know, I was excited to play with the band, you know. Like, they were the band to see back in the day in Philadelphia. John Faye's a great guy, um, awesome songwriter. Um, just hands the first time I met him I completely I was just like yeah they deserve all of the success they get but the first time I met tonight's guest was actually I believe at the World Cafe Live and I believe my band Downtown Harvest was opening for Ike it was some sort of either CD release party or some sort of event none of that really mattered to me what mattered was what he was wearing it was a shirt of the Joker I'm thinking this is around 2008 and Heath Ledger's The Dark Knight had just come out, and you know I said to I said to tonight's guest I was like, so you are you a Batman fan? And you looked at me and you're like, yes, yes I am. Wouldn't it have been great if I said no? <laughs> this would have never happened then. <laughs> but um, yeah. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Bombcast, Mr. Brett Talley. Oh well, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to finally do one of these, man. Yeah, you know, we've been we've been talking. We're both Walking Dead fans. We're both pop culture enthusiasts. We're both musicians. Yeah, but I think we're like brothers from the, another mother. Yeah, and you know, I I see all the stuff you post on Facebook. I mean, you have quite the collection of like movie posters. You have all sorts of you know nostalgic items that you know I could see myself you know either having in this room or you know just basically. I mean, the one thing that it all comes down to is we both love Batman. I mean, I'm 36 years old. Right now, I am wearing Batman pajamas, and they are my go-to pants at night. <laughs> Is it because Batman's on them? No, not necessarily. It's just because they're comfortable, but yes, I am a huge Batman fan. I've been a Batman fan since I was probably, I mean, probably four years old, and it really, really went into kind of like, a, you know, Overdrive in 1989 when uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson graced the screen, yep. and Tim Burton delivered one of the greatest films ever. But, you know, I mean, it goes far and beyond. What can you tell the Bobcast listeners about your obsession with Batman? Oh, man, I can relate completely. I remember when I was a kid, you know, I used to watch all the reruns of the Batman, you know, 66 show with Adam West. That was my first Batman. You know, and then it all started for me in grade school. I had a buddy who was moving to Jersey and I was, you know, over his house, and he's like, dude, I have boxes and boxes of these comics that I'm not allowed to keep, and I'm not allowed to take in the move. Would you want them? So, you know, now, this is great school. What do I know? I'm like, yeah, free, I'll take it. And it was filled with Marvel stuff, and, like, hey, there was a Marvel box, and there was a DC box, and that's really, like, where I started getting into comics, and that was, I would probably say, like, 
I want to say third, fourth grade. It was young, and I, I had these boxes, and I just found myself always going to the Batman. I just I found Batman more interesting because I could relate more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Didn't have the superpowers or anything like that. Um, and then from there, same deal, man. Eighty nine, uh, Tim Burton Batman. Booked, right? Yep. Went for my birthday. I remember that was my party. It was me and a couple friends. Uh, we went. I saw it twice. And then I remember uh, when Batman Returns came out. Same deal. That was my birthday party then. Took a bunch of friends. And we just went and saw that. Um, Then I think the last Batman film I saw in the theater was Forever. um, Because I tried to forget the other one. It came after that. Um, And I don't know, man. It wasn't until, I guess, I got out of comics for a while, like in high school. And then I remember it was like when the first Spider-Man came out, when Sam Raimi's um, mm-hmm. first movie. It's like that's when I got like re-inspired again to start getting into comics. And I remember that sparked me to like start getting into the like Ultimate series that Bendis was writing for Spider-Man. Yeah, it's, re- it's really well written. Man, comics are like really like <laughs> so yeah yeah just well written. And my from there I just started getting into comics and I started getting like all the old classics Watchmen and you know Dark Knight Returns and then Dark Knight Returns was it like, yeah for I me that's that, that's the one right there yeah that's I mean, the one it's I mean, fantastic I mean still to this day I probably read it once a year yeah absolutely and for me I think it's the internal dialogue the caption box just the way Bruce is talking the way Frank Miller's writing it it's just so like I mean at the time you know I was a kid reading it but I mean this Batman's middle aged but, like, I could identify with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, feeling like the underdog who has to come back. Or, it was just, it's a brilliant, brilliant story. Um, that and The Killing Joke. I mean, The Killing Joke uh, for me, yeah. you know? I mean, everyone the, everyone always assumes, like, they, you have the same thing going for you on Facebook. Like, you know, everyone, um, when it's a Batman thing, like, they'll tag you. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, like, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and for me, that. it's, like, kind of, like, it's the Joker first, then Batman. You know what I mean? But, right. like... I mean, like, I've always loved the Joker. I mean, I was hooked on that, too, like, first. You know what I mean? Like, right. he scared the shit out of me, you know? Like, and Batman is just, you know, it's just, it's it, it never gets old. And the thing that's great about it is, like, it never will. I mean, this is a book that doesn't end. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I, you know, in the same time span, I had gotten that, and then, you know, I read Long Halloween. Awesome. Very yeah, Tim and- Sale, right? I just I just got obsessed with it, and you know, of course, then the Nolan movies came out, and you know, I finally felt like, wow, they're getting Batman back on the track that I feel is my best Batman. You know, Batman to me was the Dark Knight Returns Batman, like just that gritty, you know, just yeah. you know, angry, like you know. And then you go back, you know, it's one of those things. Like I watch the Adam West Batman shows now. And it's more for comedic value. And I'm yeah. like, wow, this was actually, you know, as a Batman fan, it's terrible to watch now, but you can appreciate it because, like, the humor. Well, you don't get the humor when you're a kid. You know, you just see Batman. You and just all see the Batman. Cars. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. And then you watch it later in life, you're like, wow, well, now I get what they were really doing. Mm-hmm. It's like a show that works on two levels, you know, but I get, you never got that Batman. Like, you know, Burton's movies tapped on it. You know, yeah. but of course they got Keaton sleeping upside down like a yeah. bat. You know, the movie doesn't really hold up well. You got Prince all in there. <laughs> I think but, that that um, was part of like the Warner Brothers deal at the time. Like it was like, 
one of the the clauses that had to be in there is that Prince had to be on it. Prince's yeah. soundtrack too is like it's a separate soundtrack than the yeah. the motion picture yep. soundtrack, which is it doesn't really happen too much anymore. I mean, that in itself was just really strange. And like, there's pieces of the film where you can hear Prince's music, and I I remember I have both I had the cassette tape still. I love the video. I had I had the cassette symbol of Bat Dance, where the cover of the mm-hmm. cassette single was the bat wing going up into the moon above the clouds. Badass, yeah. The only, I remember, I've got it, Sam Goody, rest in peace. Sam Goody, you know what's it's crazy is, um, I was just, I, I, I read all about Batman all the time, and mm-hmm. I always like was fascinated with the fact that, I mean, I just learned this, actually, but um, in the first 1989 Batman, his symbol has an extra layer to the chest. It has like kind of like a crest, like a three-piece. Yeah. And the reason they had to change it wasn't was it wasn't because they wanted to do something new and exciting. It was because they didn't have the license for the logo yet. Right. When they wow. were filming it, which is insane. And it's like, yeah, what do you, that but, is insane. The VHS cover is the logo. Right. So like, um, there's so many things about it. And the way that I mean, Michael Keaton, you know, of course, was he was met with the same backlash as, as another actor who we'll talk about in just a bit. People were very upset that he couldn't be Batman. He was Batman to me. I loved Michael Keaton as Batman. I thought that he was so, so unique in the way that he portrayed his performance. Um, Batman Returns too. I mean, he's hardly in the film. I saw like a video once where it was like 17 minutes. Batman's in it or something like that. Like, but yeah. I still liked it. I mean, I love Catwoman, you know, and. Batman Forever, I mean, it totally went in a different direction, but at the time, I mean, I was still, like, kind of, like, in the adolescent, you know, years. I was still still a boy and not yet a man, so I still dug it. And, of course, yeah, with right. Batman and Robin, you know, oh, God. I, I remember sitting in the theater just being like, it's over. It's over. And it was over. Uh-huh. And like you said, it went away for a while, and then we had Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Yeah, and I remember reading, like, all kinds of things on the Internet. You know, I think for a while there... Um like, uh, Dar- like Darren Afronowski was going yeah, to do it. Yeah, Afronowski uh, had it for a little bit, and it looked like that was going to then yeah, go through, and it just seems like it was, you know, destined to fail or something like that. Did you ever get a chance to actually read the script that uh, Darren wanted to make? That, no, I didn't. It, it's, it's on the internet uh, somewhere, and you can read brief parts of it, but Frank Miller was actually attached to screenplay write this with him, and he wanted to do a Batman that wasn't Batman at all. Batman didn't want to be a billionaire instead he works in a garage alfred's a mechanic and it's totally different but uh, of course that didn't happen and then you know nolan's films come out you know dark knight hands down you know it's the godfather for me you know what i mean absolutely man uh you know it seems like everyone you talk to who's a comic book fan like i just had a conversation with somebody you know loves comic books loves comic book movies and i said you know we were talking about you know Batman and Superman, I was like, well, what do you feel, in your opinion, is your favorite comic book movie? And without that, I was just like, Dark Knight. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that, it's like you said, it's The Godfather. You know, I remember, I remember going to see Batman Begins opening weekend, and I was cheering, like, in the theater, because yeah. I was like, finally, this is, like, what I want. Like, I, there's so many scenes in that movie, and I remember at the very end, I think Batman Begins has like a fantastic like final scene. Coda, the yeah. whole like I never said thank you and you'll never have to and then he just jumps off the building like a boss credits and I was like I had a boner. I stood up in the movie theater. I'm, I think I was the only asshole 
like clapping yeah you know and everyone's looking at me i'm like you don't understand what just happened i'm like that just completely eradicated batman you know and robin it, like, yeah it made it made up for it in a big way like somebody took it somebody actually loved it and did it justice you know and then of course dark knight and then you know dark knight rises so i it, it was fantastic it was finally just great to see people taking it seriously you know because kind of goes back to like what you're saying like part of me like that i feel makes batman fantastic especially in like a lot of the books and comics that are out there is that like internal narration yeah now like dark knight returns like there are quotes in that book that like you can use in like everyday life and life yeah and such great you know and i feel like a lot of the times in the movies you lose that because i feel like that narration is a huge part of who he is especially like in the the Batman Superman comics. Yep. You know, like the series. Like, I remember the first volume of that is Superman's inner narration. Then mm-hmm. you got Batman's inner narration. With the logo. Like parallel. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, I mean, maybe and one like, day, maybe somebody like will figure that out one day and be like, hey, let's put the narration, you know, let's have a voiceover of Batman, like on the streets of Gotham, yeah. you know? But, um. <laughs> and, you know, this, this, the new movie kind of starts off with like you know bruce wayne horrible poetry it's and i was like wow what, are they what, gonna attempt to do that this movie let's but dive then, right into it i mean this is what everyone's yeah. here for they all want to know what we think of batman versus superman so i'm I, i'll tell you what we'll do is we'll go like almost beat for beat of yeah. what's going on in this film because i mean there's so many things like look uh, how do i put this okay so i'm huge we, we both established in the last what 14 minutes that we are huge Batman fans. Right. We don't seek... I'm speaking for myself. So I, I, I've, I've seen briefly what you've written online, but for me, like, I don't seek to hate anything. You know what I mean? I, I want to love right. stuff that I love. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I don't go out Absolutely. to eat to throw my food away. You know what I mean? I go out because I want to satisfy my taste for, you know, sushi, Chinese food, whatever, you know? It's because I enjoy myself in these moments. So, obviously, three years ago... After the Man of Steel came out, Zack Snyder decides that he wants to drop the bomb on everybody and say they're going to do Batman versus Superman. Uh, I remember very well, you know, checking Twitter that weekend, you know, looking at the images, being like, holy shit. You know, they they basically used a quote from The Dark Knight Returns, you know, stating, you know, just the battle. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be the best. You know what I mean? Like the best movie ever. You know, like I didn't, I didn't mind Man of Steel. A lot of people have such issues with it, you know, and like they get so pissed off, like, oh, Superman destroyed the city. Yeah, but there's consequences. But at the same time, I feel as if that film had a little bit of heart. You know what I mean? Like I felt Henry Cavill's struggle. You know, I mean, it was cool that Superman wasn't perfect because if he is perfect, the movie becomes boring. You know what I mean? Like he's a hard character to sell. So yeah, and I thought, and I honestly think, you know, that's. Chris Nolan's touch on there, mm-hmm. you know, because I think uh, if I remember correctly, reading like Nolan was against the whole Superman killing Zod. Yeah, and, um, he was again, you know. And then it's funny because then you watch the new movie, and I'm like, wow, some of the stuff that I really loved about Man of Steel is not here. Is not there at all. And then I'm, um, you know, you see the list of people that worked on the movie, and you're like, wow, okay, well. Nolan 
Allen's not there anymore. And you got, like, Goyer, who doesn't really have a great track record. You know, I think Goyer has lucked out so much in his career that he just teams up with other talented people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like The Dark Knight. I, yeah. I feel like if it was just Goyer writing that movie, I honestly don't feel it would have been as good as it was. You know he, what I mean? He, I, I really credit Jonathan Nolan more, you know. Talented writer. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Talented writer, you know he's got he's got a way to, uh, with words, and he's got a way of having the scenes just go in and out. So, right. Man of Steel, even the trailer is emotional. I remember the first time I saw it, I almost wept. I was like, yeah, "Oh my god, they're like making a, this serious." It looks like a Terrence Malick film. Yeah, you know, with the German Shepherd and stuff, like you know, and him with the clothesline. I'm like, "Oh my god, they're really, really doing a Man of Steel the same you know vein as you know our Batman." So, uh, you know. I, I had my worries three years ago. My first worry was, what type of plot are they going to come up with that enables these two guys to fight? After all, Bruce Wayne is the world's smartest detective. Superman is from Kansas, and he's their Earth's mightiest hero. How are they ever not going to realize that they shouldn't be enemies, but they should be friends? And now in The Dark Knight, you know... Ronald Reagan, you know, does some masterful work and, you know, kind of plays Superman and stuff like that. But I knew they wouldn't go that route. So I figured they're going to try to do something more realistic. So let's get right into the first scene. Okay, they pick up right in the finale of Man of Steel. Right off the bat. Oh, excuse me. No, we start off with Bruce Wayne's parents being killed. And as you mentioned, the bad poetry. we've never seen before. (laughs) Yeah, we've never seen this before, by the way. And, you know... There was nothing new in it. I mean, there was one cool shot right. I liked. I liked the shot where the gun was like this and it was coming back yeah. off the pearls. That I was like, okay, this is going to be good. Uh. Well, I'll tell you, there was one thing, and it's funny. I, I won't take credit for this because it's something someone else noticed. And I was like, oh, my God, that's absolutely right. It's like, yeah, we've, we've seen this scene done countless times. Um, you know, the necklace shot with the gun, that was like my favorite shot in there. Yeah, it was um, cool, right? I've never seen that but before. But for the, for the first time, you see... You know, Thomas Wayne throw the first punch before anything happens. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of sets up the movie where every person in this movie, even the good guys, are angry and ready to throw down at any time. And I'm just like, wow, that's absolutely right. Like, I didn't even think about that. And I I didn't even pick that up on that. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you see him clenching his fists. Like right before anything happens, and he throws the punch, and I was just like, "Wow, that's that's like perfect for how the rest of the movie is." But it, it was cool. I mean, like I was like, "Okay, this this has some tone." Then I start to get a little bit worried when Bruce Wayne falls down in the cave and he starts to float in the air. I'm like, "Oh God, what the hell is going on here? Why is Bruce floating? Is this a dream?" And right. this is just you know we won't get into the other ones, but this movie suffers from dream sequences oh, these nightmares with the k that are online have, have all but ruined any kind of plot that is somewhat like reasonable so i mean look look we skip over you know the dream sequence we we go ahead in time bruce wayne by the way bruce wayne is in a brand new jeep this jeep cut me off the other day on germantown pike in front of starbucks <laughs> And I almost shit myself. I was like, oh my god, it's the new Batman vs. Superman Jeep. I was so excited. I almost went to follow him, but he got on the turnpike, so I kept going. First thing, why the hell is people in the Bruce Wayne building still? Right. The whole place is coming down. Right. There's ships from alien civilizations in the sky, and this guy's waiting on a call from Bruce Wayne. Dude, get the hell out of the building. (laughs) 
you know, like, oh, it was. Oh yeah. How did you feel? Yeah, you know. Well, it, it was funny. I remember as the scene was happening, I felt like, okay, this is part one of Snyder responding to all the criticism for Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it from a human perspective on the ground. We're seeing that, yeah, lives were taken, you know, and I think I was like, okay, clearly they're just setting this up to go off of, you know, the first film and make it the plot of this film, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's crazy when you think about it, because it, it proves that, like, when they were making Man of Steel, did they really have a plan for the future? You no. know, you look, at, you, you look at something like the Marvel franchise, like, they took their time, they... You know, they fleshed things out, and they they just took their time. You know, we didn't get an Avengers movie until like after all the, you know, solo yeah. films had come out. So then, you're watching the film, and you're like, okay, well, they're using the criticism that Man of Steel got, and they're gonna make this to drive the movie. When they were making Man of Steel, I highly doubt that was. You know, they they knew they were probably talking some kind of franchise. They wanted to build the DC universe. And it just, to me, it proves that, you know, we don't really have a future. We're just going to take things as they come. You know, like, to me, if you're going to make Man of Steel, knowing that you're going to start to set up the DC Universe, why don't you take your time, map out where you want to go? Yeah. You know what, you know what I mean? Totally, it, yeah. It's just, to me, I was, it's just like, wow, like, you're letting all the negative reviews that you got from Man of Steel. Yeah, and that's never a good idea. You to make this movie that I had to wait three years for. Like I know. In three years, you couldn't come up with a better plot. Oh my God, so much to say, Bob, so much to it, say. I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, taking the negative criticisms of a film and basing a sequel on it is just, it's unheard of. I mean, I've never right. seen a franchise do this before, you know? And like, right. look, here's the thing. He's Superman, for Christ's sake. It says 18 months have passed after, you know, um, the destruction of Metropolis. In this time, I'm yeah. thinking to myself, what the hell has Superman been doing this this entire these 18 months? He hasn't done anything to redeem himself. Is he just pulling cats out of trees and you know helping some lady with her groceries down the street? No, he's saving people. He's Superman. He's probably stopping carnage like on the streets. He he's doing all sorts of things to redeem himself. The one thing he didn't right. do though was clean up his mess. Over in the Indian Ocean, we still got the the ships and right. stuff like that. And I'm thinking, like Jesus, this is this is how they're going to do Kryptonite. And the way they did Kryptonite was so like I, the the plot how is did, so hard to. Yeah, like, t- tell me, how did Lex know about Kryptonite? That's another thing. Even going into the ship. That, that's another thing. I mean, we didn't even see Kryptonite in Man of Steel. You know, we the didn't. There was thing, no mention of it. There was not even right. a color hue of green no, in Man of Steel. The closest thing we got was like when the atmosphere started to change when he's in Zod's ship. True. Yeah. So that was like the closest thing we got to it, and I'm and I was just like, oh, is that them kind of setting up kryptonite that, you know, his home world, his mm-hmm. body is just so adapted to Earth that he can't. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's their new way of doing kryptonite. But then in this, they discover kryptonite. Lex knows about it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just like questions already. You know, I'm sitting there, and it's, it's like you said, I went into this movie with low expectations because I had read all the like advanced reviews but I wanted I wanted to love it it's, I love Batman you know I think Superman gets a lot of unnecessary shit I, you know I'm a Superman fan too me too yeah definitely uh, yeah I, I just 
just couldn't. I just couldn't wait to see it. You know, like I remember I had the feeling when I went and saw the first Avengers. When you see them all together working, like it felt like a kid again. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, I can't believe that in my adult life I am watching this movie mm-hmm. and seeing all these characters. Like I, I'm still in shock that we had an Ant Man movie and that it mm-hmm. was somewhat su- successful. You know, like it blows my mind. And then like seeing these characters on screen is even a bigger deal for me because I was more of a DC guy. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, with the exception of Batman, which we, we can get into, I just feel like they got everything wrong. It's like... They really did. I just feel like Snyder means well, but I, don't, I just don't think he gets Superman. I think he's better no. off maybe just doing Batman. I, I, I really like, think that he'd be better off like just directing, and like, the screenplay is really the problem. Now, a screenplay, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Um a screenplay is is really really about one thing it's about motivation why is your characters doing what they're doing and if there is no motivation the shit just doesn't make any sense and i as an audience member don't care and there are so many problems throughout this whole script with motivations okay here's one and it happens right off the bat and i remember sitting there i go to all the batman movies with my dad we've seen them all together that's awesome. Um, we've seen him since 1989. 66, I wasn't around. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> um, I remember looking over at him during the North African, excuse me, North Africa sequence, and we just looked at each other like, what the hell is this? So, I mean, okay, so Lois Lane is traveling with, now we know, Jimmy Olsen, who Zack Snyder kills, by right. the way, which is total bullshit. Which I love that he had to explain after the movie was out. Yeah, like, dude, what, why can't I? Why can't you say, "Hey, Jimmy, don't take Jimmy," and then maybe I care. Right. But, but why would I care about killing off one of, you know, the oldest characters in DC history? That's Superman's best pal, right. Jimmy Olsen. For Christ's sake, I would even, I would even have take, I would have taken a Jane Olsen. You could change the gender. I wouldn't have cared. Right. Jimmy Olsen was going to be Chris Rock back in the day. I've been down with it. You know what yeah. I mean? I've been down with well, it. Well, you know, I had, I had originally thought that in Man of Steel, they said they weren't going to have Jimmy Olsen, and they made Jenny Olsen, which was the girl that Lawrence Fishburne saves under the like building. Yeah. She was in this one, and I was like, okay, I guess that's going to be their Jimmy Olsen. Is, It'd be cool. You know, you know I'd, been, I'd been down with it, but like... Right, but instead we get a Jimmy Olsen who's undercover CIA who maybe got what two lines and then two got lines and then gets capped. <laughs> Unreal! Like you so, just took a character that's been around forever and, and just oh, killed him. It, I'll tell you what, this may, this movie kind of made me appreciate Superman Returns a little bit more. Me too, at least because he, he movie, cared. He cared. Yeah, he, and you got that Superman that. You know, it's just all about truth, justice, and American and, way. And he's wholesome. And he, ca- he cares. Right. And that's the thing right. I always liked about Christopher Reeve. And that's the thing I, li- I liked about, like, just the whole... I mean, Superman Returns, yes, it's got its problems. You know, he doesn't really fight anybody, blah, blah, blah. But I really liked Brandon Routh. I thought that he did a great job. And I think he would have done a great job in the sequel. But yeah. this North Africa thing. Here's the part that I, I just... <laughs> I, I, I'm sitting in the theater and I'm like, what the fuck? What are they talking about? These bullets, Right. These bullets were found, and somehow or another, these bullets are being traced back to Superman. And now people are now in the United States of America who are scared to death of terrorists, by the way. I mean, at least in our world and maybe in Zack Snyder's universe. They're pissed off that Superman took out these terrorists. But then later in the, in the movie, we find out, no, not only did these terrorists get messed up, but we also had a village that was taken out by bullets, which is a complete tack-on in screenplay writing, by the way, because you, you, right. you're not going back and fixing it. 
bullets bounce off Superman. Superman doesn't use guns. Superman doesn't use any guns. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have to. We've seen him destroy a city for Christ's sake. Well, what's he what's he flying across the ocean for with a forty five? It doesn't make any sense. And I was so like I I was like oh my god this is this is I can't believe this is happening you know and I can't believe like I'm looking at my watch and I'm like this, we're about fourteen maybe fifteen minutes in we're getting towards the inciting yeah. incident of the film and I'm just and like Bob, no they made this movie for three years. years three years you had to do this you know what I mean and it just you know you know and like the people how many people how many people does it take to make a film in this day and age especially a studio genre film like that how many people like read the script and were there during the filming didn't anyone ever stop to think wow this is total shit yeah and, and here's the thing too that doesn't make any sense to me is that Ben Affleck uh, brought in Chris Terry who wrote Argo now Argo is a smart movie right but it's a smart movie in a real world scenario Maybe he was not the best person to bring into this. Maybe you should have went and gotten somebody that wrote a comic book. You know what I mean? Like, you should have got Jeff Johns. You should have got, like, I mean, like, there's so many people in the DC universe that you could have pulled from. And, like, hey, what's a good way to get Batman pissed off at Superman? You know, like, it, 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 to me, it just doesn't make any sense that they fight in the first place. They should have called the film World's Finest. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like they, the, the opening sequence should be them meeting on a rooftop, maybe exchanging some blows and then quickly realizing by the 15 minute mark, the inciting incident that they need to work together for the common good of something. But instead, we get all this other subtext bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, like, here's the thing, too. Like, there's two parts that happen here, too. There's the introduction of Lex and there's the introduction of Batman. I'm going to, I'll talk first about Batman, then you tell me how you felt about it. Okay, so the first time we see Batman, we don't even see him. He's like this, up against the wall. And then he just shoots through the ceiling, and then we have some sort of banner between these cops, which is kind of like, I guess, the Dark Knight Returns scene. But, I'm okay, so this is the first time we've seen Batman in this new universe, right? The first time that we're getting to really see Ben Affleck as the Cape Crusader. And you have him branding somebody. And you have this whole dialogue about how the brand means that he gets his ass killed in jail. And I'm like, I, I'd seen the trailers and I'd seen the brand. And I thought maybe there's some sort of practical application for this. You know what I mean? Like, the first time I see Batman, I want him on the roof. I want to hear what's going on in his mind. I don't want to see him, you know, taking somebody out, you know, in this type of sex slave dungeon. Like, I, I want to see who this Batman is. Right. And I'll put this out right off, off the beginning. I have no problems with Ben Affleck as Batman, but I think that he doesn't get a chance to actually be Batman in this film because he is dancing around actually being the Dark Knight. He he he, he he's like he he's not present. You know, like it, it's not the actor, it's the character. It, it just didn't see I mean towards the end yes, there's some Batman stuff, but like when I see Batman, I want to see his costume. I want to see him. But instead, the first time we ever get to meet Batman in Zack Snyder's Batman vs. Superman is in another dream sequence. What the hell? You don't introduce somebody in a dream. Right. Unless you're right. Freddy Krueger, you know what I mean? Of course, you know, but like, how does you feel? Well, you know, well, Maybe you well, feel you know, differently. It's- I feel like when it came to introductions in this movie, it was horrible. Right down to the opening credits, 
you got a, one of the biggest superhero movies of all time, right? Movie you've been working on three years. You got, you know, the, the casting. I even though it's got issues, I think Snyder knows how to cast his movies. You got big names, and the credit title like Superman vs Batman just appears as like a tiny little white font. Like in the yeah. lower right-hand corner of the screen, yeah. you know, look at look at a movie like Mad Max, man. That title just like, boom, boom on the screen. It, it was like a throwback to the '80s, and it was just you can't see the Mad Max poster behind me, right? I got oh, one up here. Nice, dude. I love it. I mean, like, uh, it, but you know what I'm talking about, right? It's George just, Miller would be perfect for Superman. He was gonna do Justice League, but right, you're right. Everything's just like it's just like thrown yeah. in. Like we're supposed to be in the middle of like, this big time cut, and I'm like, no, I want right. Batman. Where the hell's Batman? I know. Yeah, and I, I feel like it came down to even Superman. I, I just feel like in the beginning of the movie, there was never a solid Superman introduction scene. to where Superman is now. And yeah, hey, Maybe know, it's him jumping in the tub with Lois? Superman too. You know, that made no sense. Yeah, I'm like, you don't see Superman do anything. You, we, we get this montage scene. That doesn't even show him doing anything. You got all these people that are obviously stuck in a, some kind of horrific flood. Yeah, and you just jump, yeah. Calling out for him, and they pan up just to get one of those cool, you know, shots of him floating in the air. Like, what's he doing? Yeah. Let me see you save these people. Yeah, yeah. And they, they and do that several stupid. times in this film. They do that so many times where they just basically show you after the fact. Very similar to the movie Godzilla the remake that came out a couple years ago. You never really got to see what Godzilla was doing. You saw maybe him on TV, or you saw like you know the scene afterwards. I'm like, show me Superman saving people. Back I, to what I said originally. I mean, in those 18 you, months, he hasn't done barely, nothing. Yeah, you barely see him even fly in this movie. Yeah, you're right. You know, I didn't even think of that. There it, is like, no flying. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of the times I, I thought to myself, I really feel like. Snyder hates Superman and is like trying to make <laughs> like they, he wants you to hate Superman because he's just not and it all comes down to this it's an adult movie but kids want to see this movie exactly you know I mean? exactly they want that's to see my Superman. point they want to see Batman and instead they're getting told about sex slaves yeah and yeah ending and people getting killed left and right mm-hmm. and at the end of the day if I'm a kid, you know, I'm like a 12-year-old kid. I walk out of the movie theater. Where was the moral in the story for me? I, there was... No moral at all. There was no moral at all. None. I mean, you know, I, I got to be honest. When I first, like, walked out of the theater, I didn't think it was as bad as, like, a lot of the really terrible reviews I read. You know, and I just came down to, you know what? I'm a, I'm a Batman fan. I was satisfied with the Batman element. You know, I think Ben Affleck showed that he's going to be a great Batman. And I just was like, and that makes me happy. You know, I'm a huge Hans Zimmer fan. And I thought the Junkie XL score with him was like great. So I found like good things. But then the more I thought about the movie and the more I was seeing things that were happening on social media. Like when have you ever seen a movie that is still in the theater where they release a deleted scene at the same time? Yeah, exactly. To explain a plot that whole, like, what are you talking about? I mean, that, I, I've, I've just never seen it. The and scene that I, we're talking about involves Lex Luthor, so I guess we, probably we should talk about him first. Um, oh yeah, I so Lex. So much. Okay, so 
I don't know how to explain this really. I mean, do I have a problem with Jesse Eisenberg? No, I really like Zombieland. I mean, I thought he was brilliant in the social network, you know? And I thought that, you know, when they cast him, I was like, okay, I could see, you know, him portraying something very similar to the social network of somebody who's really, really smart, somebody who is at the forefront of technology, is a brilliant scientist, but it just never felt like Lex from the books. You know, Kevin Spacey and... Um, uh, yeah, Gene, like, they, they they played him campy, you know what I mean? They had, like, little campy elements to their Lex Luthor, but they had the overall vibe of it. Right. This Lex Luthor, the first time that we actually get to see him, I mean, basically, he's shoving Jolly Ranchers down somebody's throat. I'm, I'm like, what the, what's this? What's this innuendo? In <laughs> why is he shoving Jolly Ranchers down this guy's throat? And why are they giving him access to this 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 elusive type of thing that's coming over from the Indian Ocean and like oh my god I'm just like I'm so I'm like looking at it like are you kidding me and then they, like they, they show all the screen time of like Lex's uh you know uh right hand woman I guess you would say right. and she she dies you know shortly thereafter which makes no sense why you even introduce that character in the first place Right. But, like, Lex's motivation, back to motivation, ladies and gentlemen, when you have a character, he has to have motivation. Something happens that makes Lex Luthor hate the last son of Krypton to the point where he just has nothing else in his mind except eviscerating his his enemy, you know, taking Superman out. There is none of that. Why is he doing this? Is he doing this because his dad, like, it, it, there was none of that. And it was so convoluted and, like, I just kept waiting for it to like kind of pick up, and I'm like, "Where, where is, where's Lex? Like, wh- what's Lex doing here? You know?" And like, I, I, I thought the hair was cool, you know, and stuff like that. I was like, "All right, I could see, you know, him getting into an accident later and having the hair burn off, but no, that doesn't happen, you know." Um, right. But like, I, I just, I, I just didn't buy him. What did you think? Yeah, well, you know, when it comes to Lex Luthor, the man's supposed to be a genius. You know, he's always steps ahead, you know, and at least in the favorite, you know, iterations I've seen him in in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's always one step ahead of, you know, of Superman. And I feel like in this movie, he has no plan. There's no thought. I feel like it's all reaction. And yeah. his plans just don't make sense to me. There's no point to it. There's, there's just no, like, you know, I, I don't want to jump ahead. What was he planning on doing with Doomsday? Yeah. If, like, what, what, know, what was the point of that? And why, why, why is Lex Luthor's DNA important at all? Oh, I, I, I just, you know? I, I him, cutting, <laughs> him, him cutting his finger, uh, you know, like, we can jump ahead in this if we want because we're not actually sitting here and watching the film, but, like, I mean, like, okay, if, if his master plan is to get these two, you know, gladiators together, why even bother creating doomsdays because we need a, a better third act like is that what the screenplay writers are thinking but the dna makes yep. no sense the fingertips you saw that thing i just posted about gone in 60 uh-huh. seconds you know they must have just watched that film right before they wrote uh-huh. that scene you know what i mean like oh i'll take zod's <laughs> fingertips so i can access you know by the way in krypton i guess that they have no like i mean the only thing you need to do to hack into their system is to just cut off some a kryptonian's hand and put it on like you know the machine like I'm like, this is so dumb. And also, too, why the hell did they keep the ship in the middle of one of the most populated cities in the world? You know what I mean? Right. One of, the, one of the, 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 the weapon that almost destroyed us all, if you will, excuse me, the carrier that brought the weapon here, 
you leave in the middle of Metropolis. No sense at all. And then the whole thing with the senator, like, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, how, uh, uh, like, what, what is the point of that? Like, yes, we need to put Superman on trial, this, that, or whatever. Like, but, and then the guy with the legs, like, I mean, he was an Argo, and I'm like thinking like, oh my God, did Chris Terrier write this guy in there because he was an Argo? And by the way, in Argo, I thought he did a good job. In this film, I felt, I felt like he was like comical. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, like you know, he's upset, and he's so one note, oh, I lost my legs. People online years ago thought he was actually the Flash because he had green screen on his legs, which would have been cool, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, that, that scene at the Capitol, too, it was just, it was weird, too, because the day I saw it, there was actually a shooting that took place, or, excuse me, somebody, something happened in the Capitol, and it got evacuated, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, did they see Batman versus Superman? <laughs> Hopefully everyone's okay, but like this part of the plot, this is where I'm just sitting in my seat, like no, and right. I'm thinking about that tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> holy shit, it really is happening. Well, yeah. let, let's also discuss that a jar of piss was a plot point in a Batman Terrible. Superman movie. Terrible, and uh, like when when it's happening, that's another moment. Where I looked at my dad. I'm like, is that piss? And he looks <laughs> at me and he's like, I think it is piss. And I'm like, what? <laughs> And, the, and, and, and you know, like, you know, like with the whole thing with the bomb being inside, like the guy with the legs, like, I'm thinking, like, is the piss, like, a catalyst for the, like, I, 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 my mind was racing trying to figure out what's going on here. Also, too, I mean, Superman, okay, is, he's from Smallville, but he's also, you know, he's, he's not the detective that, um, he's not the detective that Batman is, but he's, he's pretty smart, you know what I mean? And he also has x-ray vision, for Christ's sake. He didn't see a bomb. By the way, how did this guy get into the Capitol, one of the most heavily, heavily armed buildings in our in our nation, with a bomb? Inside? Like, they couldn't put him through a machine to see, oh, my God, he's got, like, a, a, like a possible, you know, explosive device in there. You know, I'm like, think, are you kidding me? And then the place blows up and Superman's standing there. I'm just like, oh, my God, dude. This is, like, the part of the film I think where, like, I, I felt like I blew up. I was like, there's no chance for this. Right. And then I'm thinking again to myself, oh, we got Batman, you know? And then we come into, the, you know, the, the first time we see him, and he's in his desert fatigues. And oh. Bat- Batman has such a sense of the future in his dreams, doesn't he, Brett? I mean, like, oh, down to dark seed and, like, ugh. I, I... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> The dream sequences were something that really bothered me. And then you got, you know, Flash coming to him in a dream. It's no, like Flash comes to him a dream. A dream. He, he comes in, Flash visits him a dream within a dream. And by the way, the right. way the way Flash looked, I mean, like, uh, you know, I, Ezra Miller is a great actor. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a film called We Needed to Talk About Kevin. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's so good in that movie. And I was, like, excited, yeah. you know, that Ezra Miller was going to be in it. But the way... The Flash looks, I mean, he looks like me with the mustache when he comes through. Right. Like, with, you know, I'm like, dude, like, what, what's Flash looking like this for? But, like... To some, any other random, you know, casual fan, was there any real indication that that was the Flash? Especially when no. he's in a costume that no. doesn't even... You know, I, I... There was a guy, I remember when I saw it, there was a guy sitting next to me. He leaned over to his son. Who the hell was that? I think it was the Flash. The Flash. I yeah. was just like, oh my god, I'm like... Make up your mind. Make up your mind. I mean, the other thing, too, I mean, I thought this to myself, but it is out there on social media right now. I mean, not only is Lex Luthor, you know, uh, the world's most, you know, 
brilliant criminal mind, he's also a really good marketing exec. When you open up the files and you see the logo for the Flash, oh, yeah. you see Cyborg's logo, you see Wonder Woman, and I'm thinking like, oh my god! Like the way that they introduced the Justice League in that way was <laughs> awful. You know, I read a I read a joke somewhere online today that said they would love to see the logo that Lex has for his porn collection. Oh my god! On his, <laughs> on his computer. <laughs> yeah, on his computer. And that's another that. thing. Okay, like so with with Ben Affleck, right? Like uh, as Bruce Wayne. You know. Um, by the way, I loved Alfred. You know, mm-hmm. no problems yeah. with Jeremy Irons. I love Jeremy Irons and Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I still love him to this day. I thought he was brilliant as Alfred. I would love to just see Batman and Alfred in a whole movie for two hours, just talking to each other. It'd be great. But Bruce, he—I mean, he's doing this detective work. I mean, like he—he's going to Lex's party to get information. I was so weak. I mean, and the other thing too is like—I mean, I was—I was literally called all sorts of um, names on Twitter recently for for stating the fact and the obvious is that Bruce Wayne, the world's most recognizable billionaire playboy, is in the middle of a fight club, an underground illegal fighting circuit, if you will. And no one seems to care or nobody like notices, but like Bruce Wayne would never go there. And then people are like, oh, well, in The Dark Knight, Bruce Wayne does all sorts of detective work. Yes, but he does it like, you know, covert. Like he, he's not like out in the open. Right. That scene bothered me so bad because, I mean, it's like Ryan Seacrest walking into a fight club. It would never happen. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it just right. – and that – it just felt so off to me. And I'm like, why would they do that? You know, like, isn't there any other way for Batman to get this information? The party scene, like, oh, my God. I'm getting, like, dizzy right now thinking, like, just how <laughs> – there's, there's so many things about this movie that, like, you can just go off on a tangent on because I just think it's it's just a – it's a one giant mess. And like I said, they had three years to get it, to get it right. You know, and in my opinion, Doomsday, the whole third act should not have been in this movie at all. They should have waited for part two of the justice league to introduce Doomsday, you know, make them maybe the cliffhanger of part one. Totally. They should have never even released Doomsday in the trailer. And you know, and, this is something else that like I'm really, really freaking passionate about is like trailers these days. I try Blow real, it. real hard to avoid trailers. You know, I, I do the best I can, but sometimes like curiosity just gets me. Like I tried so hard to stay away from the uh, Civil War trailer that had Spider Man in it, but I gave in. And I really didn't want to watch the trailers for Batman versus Superman, and I caved in on the first one. And then I told myself I got from there. Mm-hmm. that's it that's all I'm gonna do I've been waiting so long for this movie I don't want anything to be spoiled and then you know sure enough they released that one and then with the way social media is today you cannot avoid anything and I'm seeing you know JPEGs posted of Doomsday and I'm just like alright what Doomsday I'm like they're doing Doomsday now by the you way they, they, they did Doomsday completely out of order if they're going by uh, like comic like the death of Superman like right I know I mean if you're going to do oh my god here's where I'm going to start to get passionate if you're going to do the death of Superman yeah fucking do the death of Superman you need the Justice League there who the hell is going to carry his casket yeah at 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 this point he's dead no there's there's two caskets and one's empty oh yeah that's right and it's just like why Batman Robin carrying the casket like all of them the, the man dies 
and does have no idea who the Flash is. No idea who Cyborg yeah, is. No, he's gonna wake up in the next movie like, hey, wh- who are you guys? You know what I mean? And, like, completely, like, completely out of left field. Like, it, they should have never done that. You know, right. they, they just shouldn't have done it. And once again, we're talking about Superman. Superman isn't even. He doesn't even have like a presence in this film. You know what I mean? He's like the bad. Like, right? He's like the bad guy. He's the bad guy. He hardly talks. He goes into that courtroom. It blows up. Doesn't say shit, and then it mm-hmm. blows up. He stands there, mm-hmm. and he's like, "There's not a." He's, I don't mean. I only saw the movie once. I wanted to see it again. But my, from what I remember, he stands there with a blank look on his face, like, "Oh, okay." Dude, blow, blow, blow! Use your breath. Blow the police. Yeah. <laughs> see if you can save anybody. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I did read somewhere that um, I think uh, Snyder said that his Superman will not use the breath. Ugh. <laughs> Use the eyes, I, but his eyes got to get all blood. Like, uh. yeah. By the I, way, by the way, I mean, like, no forensic scientist there discovers the fact that a former Wayne Enterprises employee is the one that detonated this bomb. You know what I mean? Like, like what Superman blew it up? Like, oh my uh, god! It's just it's, and it's like again, it's let now is Lex in that scene trying to set up Superman because if he is, what a terrible, terrible way to do it. Terrible way. And also, Lex blows up his his uh, his henchman, his his left hand girl, his assistant. You know, and like it's like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, why? Like, yeah. why is this happening? Right. And then, of course, Batman's getting more pissed. And you know, Batman right. Batman at this point is so he's so angry. If there's a one percent possibility, like you know, and like right. I'm just like thinking, like, dude, like you're the smartest detective in the world, like. Don't you want to find out, like, can't you find out the motivations behind this? Because as we know, we're skipping ahead to the end. Lex knows everything about these guys. Lex right. knows that Superman's from Smallville. His alter ego right. is Clark Kent. His mother his mother is Martha Kent. And right. I'm going to well, use everything know, as leverage. I, I, guess it's, I guess it's real easy to know things when Gotham City is right across the bay. Yeah, it's, right, it's right across the way. It's Brooklyn. Like, are you kidding me? That's never mentioned a Man of Steel. Never. You know, man, they make it like, you know, Batman, everyone's aware of the bat from Gotham. But yet, nothing in Man of Steel, which again, just proves my point that they had no idea where they were going mm-hmm. with this franchise. You know, you get the Wayne satellite in space in Man of Steel, and that's it, right? And you get, you get like a LexCore truck, truck or building. Yeah, which probably was done in post, by the way. Right. You know, like they just... And it's just, it's, it's just a mess. It's... There's just no explanations given for anything. Why does Lois Lane throw the kryptonite spear out and five minutes later, on her own, yeah. realize, oh, I better go get that? Yeah, no sense. Why, why is Lois why, Lane even there at all? You know why, what I mean? Like, she, Why she, does Superman have to be the one to use the spear on Doomsday when Wonder Woman can clearly hold her own against this thing? It's, it's another character. Way, we, I'm we not haven't, even sure it was Doomsday. Yeah, yeah I, 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 mean, I don't even think it was Doomsday. I the way he says it too, that w- this is your Doomsday. I mean, like, right. you might but as well I, sell. I'm pretty sure. I this is Zod too. You know what I mean? This is the this the the second incarna- incarnation of Zod. We haven't spoken about Wonder Woman, right? Wonder Woman. But yeah, he looked like the Abomination. Yeah, the he really Hulk. did. He did. <laughs> it was the same same CGI look completely. Um, so yeah, Wonder and dare I say that I think Abomination <laughs> probably looks more like Doomsday. Than Doomsday does in Batman. Yeah, Vincent. you're right. I mean, it's ridiculous. I liked Incredible Hulk. I mean, a lot of people were like, I, I always wish uh, that Edward yeah, Norton uh, stuck I, around. I enjoyed that. Too. You know, I wish that Ed, you know, just found a way. But that's an entirely different podcast. But, right. uh, but, he, wh- but just just to like get back on the Doomsday thing, like mm-hmm. I was saying, like if you're gonna, 
if, if you're gonna do Doomsday, then fucking do Doomsday. Like, do it right. Yeah. You know, I want to see the goddamn spikes coming out of him, and we do got you, it one time. Do you read? Um, and I was like, okay, well. Do you read uh, this book right here, American Alien, by Max Landis? Uh, no, I did not. If you pick up these books, you can get them right now. They're on number five. Max Landis wrote Chronicle. Okay. Max Landis is somebody like myself who is a villain on Twitter because he defends the characters he loves. Yeah. This I book I, takes place... Um, there's, I believe there's eight issues, but each issue is a, a certain segment of um, Clark Kent's life um, from when he's a kid to he's a teenager, man, and then when he's becoming Superman. Max knows Superman and one of these books at the tail end has this origin of Doomsday where Doomsday is out in space and he just it's like an eternal dialogue where he's like it's not fair it's not fair no one likes me like and it's just so powerful because you're like what the hell like the the mystery of Doomsday too is he seamlessly comes out of nowhere you know in the books you know he comes out of this like this prison and it was just completely misused um for the Bobcast listeners out there I completely recommend picking up American Alien if you're a Superman fan. I personally would like to see Max Landis write a Superman or a Batman movie because I believe he gets the characters. Or for that matter, anybody in the DC universe, for Christ's sake, can do a better job than what we're talking about here. Wonder Woman. We haven't spoke about her yet. Didn't mind Wonder Woman at all. In fact, I, I enjoyed her, but her motivation to get a picture because, <laughs> because Captain Kirk is in it. Right. Obviously, Captain Kirk was a love interest in the new Wonder Woman movie, but like... All that for a photograph? People are like, well, it's it's showing that she's old. Like, right. dude, whatever. How many photographs have you seen that are photoshopped or the Nicolas Cage in the 1800s? Or like, the, the, the reasoning behind that just pissed me off right. so bad. I'm like, really? Wonder Woman came out of the shadows to grab a photograph off Lex? And what's Le- like, why is Lex collecting all this data on better humans? What's he planning on doing? Right. The only thing. So is that. So. It- is that their way of saying that Wonder Woman hasn't done shit in like a hundred years? Yeah, like she she was like, hiding since the that the, the Wonder Woman movie. She hasn't. Yeah, she she says something too, like years. I haven't I haven't interfered or I haven't gotten right. involved. Like, what do you think she's been doing in like a hundred years? That's the movie I want to see. Yeah, right. Just hanging out or yeah, like getting get room job service or something. Uh-huh. Like she should be like a human lie detector. That'd be a good show. Yeah, I mean, like it's just. Uh, I, did, I gotta tell you, the one thing I really enjoyed was the Wonder Woman soundtrack, though. Like, oh, yeah. When she came you on know, the screen, oh, man, I was like, yeah, finally, yeah, there's like a, cool. like, you know. But, you but, know, I heard somebody say today that it was very rem- reminiscent of Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. And I was totally. like, wow. I'm like, yeah, that, that's definitely it. I didn't even it think of that, cool. yeah. The only thing is, I just felt like it was, it kind of felt out of place. Like, all of a sudden, this new theme kicks in. You're like, whoa, now we're in a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, she was an interesting addition, but at the same time, I felt like it, it was just too much, too soon. Right. You, you need to take your time, put the Wonder Woman movie out first before she shows up with them, like you said yeah. earlier about the Avengers. And, you know, a lot of people online will look, this is DC Universe, this isn't Marvel Universe. Dude, what, you don't have to do everything like Marvel, but at right. the same time, you don't, like, you know, you don't put the appetizer on the table yeah. and the entree. You take yeah. your time. You want to drink, you, yeah. You, you you want to wait, you know. You want to have a moment to digest, and I just felt like I was everything was being rammed down my throat. Right, Batman. And, you know, for for a movie that introduces a new Batman, you know, for the DCU universe going, uh, or DCU whatever going forward, 
Like, you put him in a third act where he basically does nothing. He can't do anything, really, except you know? shoot his gun, yeah. And it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, you know, this is one of those things where I've read a shitload of comics where Batman's involved in a Justice League fight with something that's clearly out of his league, but you don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. But when you see it done in a movie, I'm like, wow, like... How useful is Batman really going to be to the Justice League? Like, especially if they're going to start to bring in like Dark Seed. Like, you know, he's he's got his brains, but it's like he went and hid under that rock. He basically did. I mean, and, and he ba- he basically stayed there until he got a chance to use his little kryptonite grenade. Yeah. Oh my God, his kryptonite. But other grenade. than that, he does nothing in that third act, and I'm just like, wow. Moving forward. In a Justice League movie, what is he really going to bring to the table? He's got to get some armor or something, or like maybe the. the, the, <laughs> the I always, I always wanted him to have the Kryptonite gloves, you know, like from the Dark Knight Strikes Again, where uh, he beats Superman with the gloves. Oh, yeah. That'd been cool. But uh, before, like the third act, like right at the tail end of uh, Act Two B, Batman goes into LexCorp and basically kill, he kills everybody to get the Kryptonite and stuff because he's had enough. And he leaves, you know, like, oh my god, like with this, it's a, it's another part two where we're seeing the action after the fact, dude. Right. The sequence of Batman breaking into that would have been dope. You know what I mean? It would have been cool to show that, but right. instead we, we we just see you know a batarang like on the thing and like at this point Batman to me has become the Terminator, you know, <laughs> breaking into Cyberdyne systems and like trying to, to find the chip or whatever. Like it was just so, I I, I just didn't. I just didn't that didn't feel like Batman to me, you know? Like Batman doesn't and people are like, "Oh, Batman kills in the books. He, you know, he dropped the bomb in uh in Tim Burton's films and stuff like that." Right, and it's just right, like, right. "Okay, like I get it, but at the same time, look, I mean, kids, you said this before and I I'll bring this up. Kids go to see these films. You know what I mean? Right. We're fortunate enough that we're both in our 30s and we'll probably be kids for the rest of our lives because all of our pop culture icons are now coming to fruition. Right. You know, it, we're very fortunate that you know we'll be in our 50s and they'll still be making these films you know but like at the core of it when you're a kid you identify with these heroes you know my fear is that some kid next december is going to be asking their mom or dad for a batman brand you know what i mean i want to go brand somebody like batman mom (laughs) yeah you know it's it's like you look at halloween man it's like kids are dressing up you know you go into a halloween store it's all like the marvel characters batman Superman, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what these kids want to be. And like, I feel like a kid coming out of this movie, I mean, I, I, I just feel like it's scary. You know, I think about like a like a parent taking their kid for the first time to see like a movie like this. You know, like wow, Superman and Batman in the same movie. I want to take my son to go see this. Yeah, and you walk out of there, you're like, wow, okay, well, there was sex slaves in that movie. Uh, it ended with Superman dying. And let's talk, you know. We're two movies in to your franchise, and you already killed Superman. And going back to what I was saying about trailers, the minute you saw Doomsday in that trailer, you knew it was going to happen. You don't have Doomsday and not kill Superman. No, you just don't. It, you know? just, yeah. And it's just like the movie ends with a goddamn funeral. You're two movies in. You were two movies in. You just killed Superman. We know he's not dead. You know, we got all these movies coming, which is another reason you should have waited to put Doomsday in a later movie. Totally. You know, put some stakes behind it. You know, I feel like with Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, 
we're given so little to actually care about him as a character. You know, we have more with Man and Steel, Man of Steel, than you know, BV has. But um, like I just don't care. Like when he died, I was like, well, yeah, I knew they were gonna do that. But I, like I just didn't, I just didn't give a shit. I just mm-hmm. didn't care about him. I feel like in this movie. I feel like Superman was kind of put on the afterburner. He's the bad guy. He's he's the bad guy. And and, and by the way, everyone's, the whole nation's mourning his death, but uh, like a few short moments ago, they all hated his guts. They all hated him. But he's got a a statue in Metropolis. Oh, yeah. By the way, the statue. Like what? The statue doesn't mean anything. Like it just, oh my God, dude. (laughs) Like the false God thing, I thought that was going to come totally different like type of not the guy with like you know the missing legs like I thought it was going to be something completely different and that's the other thing too is like the, the film like in my mind um, you know the sequence the best Batman sequence of the film is when Alfred drops him in on the you know oh, the bottom absolutely. floor I mean that that was the best in my mind a couple short weeks ago I'm thinking that's the drop that's the drop of Batman that's when they introduced yes. us to him I thought that this, was the introduction. And I, and I realized, you know, halfway through the film, well, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> this is going to happen in the finale? Like, no, this this is this is how I want to see Batman in the beginning. I want to right. see him chatting with Alfred. I want to see them showing the technology. I want to see Batman moving like Batman, totally right. out of Arkham Knight, down to the, the crates, by the way, which, mm-hmm. you know, was was really well done. But I, I that, feel as if... That like, scene should have been the, the first Batman The intro, scene. without a doubt. I, Bob, I swear, man, I thought the same exact thing. I got to the point where I started getting nervous. I'm like, is that a scene that cut? they showed in the trailer that's not? Because I swear to God, when I saw that scene in the trailer, I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, the Batman I wanted, I'm going to get. Like, yeah. from all the Arkham games, mm-hmm. I'm going to see that Batman. And from the moment Alfred tells him he's going to drop him in the third floor till the end of that scene, uh, to me, that that was the best part of the movie. That's Batman. Without doubt. That might be one of the best Batman scenes I've seen, even out of the Nolan. Because in the Nolan films, it's he so fights. close. It's so close yeah. to fight. Yeah. And it, but this was just like hardcore aggression, and like it's how I want my Batman to be. And you know, I, the one thing too that I noticed that I'm not sure if you did is that Batman doesn't enter the same way that he did in the trailer. In the trailer, he comes out through the floor. Right. I don't think he did in the movie. Maybe some. Yeah, maybe a podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you see, he does, yeah. You see him, like, jump through the window, and then all the guys are, like, thinking he's going to come through the Does he shoot through the floor, though? Cause it, yeah, he comes okay. up through the floor, yeah. Um, one scene in particular, too, that we need to talk about. Um, the first time... Okay, so so Batman's chasing these souped-up terrorists with bazookas. <laughs> uh, Batman, excuse me, is chasing, you know, these, uh, <laughs> these terrorists, and Superman oh. stops him. <laughs> yeah. Why is Superman stopping him from... This truck of just pure mayhem. Like, right. no sense. This right. is the first time, too, by the way, that the two characters are on screen together. And I'd seen this in the trailer, and right. I'd worried about this. Like, oh, my God, is this the first time? Because they're talking to each other like WWE fighters. No disrespect to people who are fans of wrestling. But Batman, tell me, do you bleed? Like, what? That's all you got to say, bro? Like, really? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's all you can come up with. And Superman's dialogue is completely, completely out of character. Next time they they show your signal, don't go to it. The bat is dead. He's from Smallville. He would never say something like that. He would say something to the effect of, hey, why can't we work together? You don't understand what I'm an alien. I I was dropped here. All I want to do is good. You know what I mean? Uh And that's another thing, too, is, like, everyone's telling him. 
Even his mom's telling him, Superman, don't want to be a good guy? You don't have to be. That's like telling your kid, well, when you go to school, if you want to beat everyone's ass, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like, what type of message is that? You know what I mean? Like, he's Superman. He is the one who is here to save us all. And instead, he's telling Batman, the bat is dead. Right. That scene should have been completely rewritten. And Bruce Wayne's bent, like, it just made no sense. Batman should have been, like, on top of his game. Right. I mean, Lex and, apparently knows everything about these guys, and he's pinned them together and stuff, but, like, Batman, the like world's I smartest said, detective, like, has no clue what's going on. <laughs> and Gotham City is across the bay from Metropolis. And you're telling me that in those 18 months, Superman never took a little... Jump up there. <laughs> yeah. Let's go over and see what's going on. Let's let me let me just uh, jump you know across the way. Uh, like eighteen months. Uh, yeah, eighteen uh, months of recon, and you haven't figured anything out about each other. You know, like come on. It's, it's one of those things. Like the more I just think about it after the fact, and it really pains me to say it. I hate to say it, but I, it's like I get more and more disappointed with it after thinking about it, and it, it really upsets me because like I really enjoyed certain Batman elements of it it makes me really excited for a solo batman totally yeah. ben and then they just announced today that he's written a script apparently alongside jeff johns mm-hmm. and wants to direct that movie that's the movie i want to see that's the movie but i want to see too because i mean is, he's I'll got style be, i'll probably be 50 by the time that movie comes out see that's just the I mean? thing too is they gotta hurry up because he's in his early 40s and unless they want to jump ahead to the dark knight returns i mean before you know it 10 years will pass He'll be in his 50s, and like, I mean, Robert Downey's in his 50s and stuff, but at the same time, I hope we see that film. Um, one of the things that I didn't get a chance to talk about that happens earlier in the film is, I'm not even sure what happens because it's such a, a mess, but, and, and like, I'm, I'm not sure on this, so I'm, I'm asking you, and perhaps if you don't know, maybe somebody out there can clarify this for us. When the trailer came out months ago, when Bruce Wayne opens up the newspaper and it says, you let your family die? Right. I was always under the impression that that was the Joker's handwriting. Same here. That was super. That that was Lex is trying to say that that's Superman sending these messages to Batman. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like is this is Lex Luthor writing these messages as Superman in red ink? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Do you do you know? Uh, It's horrible. Oh, I I just took it as it was Lex. I didn't even think about it that it was him making it Superman. It, is that is that what's going it, on though? <laughs> like, right, dude? I like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it was all same thing. I, in the trailer, I thought that was a Joker thing. I wanted to be the Joker. Yeah, you know the uh, the shot of Robin. You know that's never really addressed. And if you're if you're not a comic book fan, like you don't read the comic books, you don't know why Wayne Mansion is burned down. You know, you don't know what that suit is. Like, there's just no explanation given. I feel like you should go into a movie like this. Okay, how can I do this where it's good for people who really don't know, you know, Batman lore? And how can I please the fans? And I feel, you know... It just didn't happen, man. And, and, and you know... like and, it, Well, it's weird. It's like the opposite. I feel like they made this movie a little bit more tailored to, like, the hardcore fans when I feel like they disregarded... Totally. You know, everybody else. I, I, oh God, it's and, and people online are gonna and they're gonna hate on the haters, and they're gonna be like, "No, no, this is this is this is Batman, this is Superman." Like, look, right. man, 
I don't know how. To, I don't know. Like, do you want me? To, do you want me to bleed? Like for this movie? Because I will. Like, you know what I mean? I love Batman. I I I look forward to these films. I look forward to anything in pop culture that's related to towards Batman. I mean, I just watched Bat Kid on Netflix. I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I I just can't understand how people defend their popcorn so much. The fact that they think that these films are good films. Case in point, I mean, at the end, when we finally see the fight, you know, and we're here at the very tail end of this this podcast, and hopefully, I mean, like, <laughs> we can go on and on. I, I could go on and on about this for it's, episodes it's and episodes. It's crazy. I mean, there's things we haven't even touched upon. It's, it's Which crazy. is insane. And But the one thing for me is the, the fight scene, you know, we finally get to it. At this point, I really just don't, you know, I, I don't care. You know, like, I'm just <laughs> like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe that I've sat here this long for this 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 segment. And when they dropped the, you know, the kryptonite spear or whatever, like, you know, he, Batman is an excellent um, predictor of the future. He knows exactly how Superman is going to punch him. Right. And by the way, how many times towards the end of the film are they saying, this place is abandoned? There's no one living there. Uh, this place yeah. is abandoned. Did I mention that this place is abandoned? Okay, uh, let's let's save ourselves, you know, towards did, the end of this film. They did film. the same thing in Age of Ultron. You know, I feel like we're getting to a point with superhero movies where, like, I'm done seeing the citywide destruction. Come up with something new. Totally. You know what I mean? That's, that's one thing I really loved about uh, the Captain America Winter Soldier movie is the third act didn't have a city in Christ. Like, it did, but it wasn't citywide destruction. Mm-hmm. You know? It was contained to that one area with those ships. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be that this this, it this have massive to be a annihilation. It destruction every time, and it's getting to the point where I'm tired of seeing it. That's another yeah, reason why I really loved the Ant Man. Ant Man, you know, gave you something different. Ant Man was it's, really entertaining. I really liked Ant Man. Yeah, and, and Ant Man also too went through a whole bunch of script problems because they had a director who was attached. He dropped out. Then they got somebody else. Marvel right. takes their time. I'm not siding with Marvel because I too am a DC fanboy. I mean, I buy just DC comics at this point. I haven't bought a Marvel comic in a, a couple of years, but and I go to the store almost every every week. Right. But um, you, you know, like uh, Batman, you know, he's fighting. <laughs> mo- <laughs> motivation, motivation oh, again here God. on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Motivation is key to any story. Every character has to want something, has to know something, or has to have something that drives them. Batman has a drive and a motivation to hate Superman so much. And all of this, ladies and gentlemen, is completely erased when he finds out <laughs> that his mom has the same name as him. If there's even a 1% possibility that his mother's name is Martha, then we're cool. Are you kidding me, man? Like, are you kidding me? Uh, it was so ridiculous. And I remember leaning over to my friend who I saw with and I said, is that really... It. What's gonna bring them together? Is there something more? Yeah, and you know? then and then that segment that we really liked is all because right. of him, like because right. of Martin. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, and here, here's another great point <laughs> that I saw today. I can't take credit for any of these points, <laughs> but Superman asks Batman, "Go save my mom." Yeah. <laughs> right? Which which Batman goes and does as we see, but not once. Does Superman ever ask him, did you get my mom? No, he doesn't. <laughs> he just knows. Did, did you save her? <laughs> By the like, way, Superman can see... Superman can... This, he can see this, around the world. He can hear uh, around the world. He can't oh hear where God. his mom's at? It's like, this dude is about to crush my face and kill me and put a spear through me. Why even go fight Batman? Why not just go get your mom? Right. Can you can you go get my mom? I mean, you'll go and save Lois when you got fucking Doomsday. Yeah. 
yeah. destroying everything. I mean, his oh, mom, his mom, his mom comes to the Lewis. school at the beginning and tells him to block out the world, make it small, and uh, she's the one that tells him how to contain it. But at the same time, like Superman knows where his mom is, so it, it seems as if <laughs> if Martha is like literally like right across the street from the fight too. By the way, I mean it's the same type of like scenery and stuff, you know. Then Doomsday pops up and like you know what I'm just like dude Lex Luthor like you're a joke at this point to me man like it's not Jesse Eisenberg either it's it's Lex it's it's Alexander Luthor if you will oh right and right. I'm just like you know like I'm thinking to myself maybe like Lex Luthor it hasn't shown up yet maybe in the in the future we'll have this other like his dad comes back because they never actually say what has happened to his dad. But at this point, I'm so exasperated. My my dad, like, my dad, I can tell. Well, my dad just doesn't give a shit no more because it's like, you know, he he's just like he he twiddles his like his his thumb a little bit with his nail, and like I'm like, oh my god, dude, this is just like the, like these are the types of films where like where we're supposed to be like enjoying ourselves and screaming back at the screen and just being like, yes, go go go, and like it, it's none of that, man, and right. and you know, well, I mean. I will the, say- Despite all the negative things that like we're saying, I, I do have to say there was a moment when Wonder Woman shows up. You know, the, the, the theater I was in, everybody cheered. Yeah, the music was um, awesome. And then there was that moment, like, and it's in the trailer, but it's different. When I, I felt like it was very much different in watching a movie. Like the three of them are together; mm-hmm. they're all having a dialogue together, and I'm like, "Holy shit, there yeah, it is! Yeah. The, the Trinity is on film." And it's never been done before. The Lasso of Truth I mean, was awesome. You know what I mean? Like there is some. Yeah. You know what? You know what the moment for me was? It, it came like right before then. It was when um, Batman says to Superman's mom, uh, I, "I'm with your son." And she's like, "I know. I can tell from the cape." I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's that's out of the comic. You know what I mean? That's right. right. I feel like that's a comic, and like that was I'm, like I'm a, you know. I'm a friend of your son who I was about to murder ten minutes, minutes ago. <laughs> I was ago. I was about to drive a kryptonite spear through his heart. Yeah, I, I had like a Loki pokey stick. That I was about to put through your son. That, he should turns he, out you guys have the same name, <laughs> and we're cool now. He should have been like, by chance, was your uh, husband's name Thomas? You know, like, oh my god. And, like, and then here, here's what will happen, right? Superman will resurrect in the next movie, maybe, right? And then I feel like Snyder's going to have a scene where they sit down and be like, okay, so we have some issues we need to talk about first. You know, yeah, no. like, I think maybe, you know, Adrenaline was pumping, and... You know, we needed to just mend our wounds real quick, but we need to have a talk. Do you think Henry Cavill is going to grow a mullet? Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> Yo, my, my blood... That's the thing. It seems like Snyder can't make up his mind. Like he yeah, wants he can't. To take, he wants to take Dark Knight Returns. He wants to take Death of Superman. Um, uh, what else? What else was in there? There's a lot of stuff that's like uh-huh. just like convoluted, like, you know, like... But and yeah. it's just like... You have time, man. Take your time and just don't rush it. And or how about do what like Jonathan Nolan did with the Dark Knight and create something completely new that doesn't I, really. I mean, like there's elements that like pay homage to the comics with the Joker in that film, but like that was a pretty like you know, like you know, interesting story that didn't have a lot of plot holes that you know were so dissectable that we could be speaking about it for an hour and fifteen minutes here on the Bobcast <laughs> about it, and you know, like. By the time the film ends, you know, I'm sitting in my chair and, I, and I'm just like, oh, I, I can't believe this. You know, like, I can't believe yeah, it that I waited so long, you know? And, like, the weird thing for me, too, is, like, during these three years, you know, my wife got pregnant and I had a kid. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, the, the realization, like, oh, my God, when when this movie comes out, I'm going to be a dad. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, right. 
it was like so like just something completely foreign and also exciting because I wouldn't be able to share with my son Batman. But I, I'm not going to share this film with him. You know, like this will not be the first film that I, I will show yeah. my son 89 like I did and be like, look, you'll probably think this is cheesy because of the sets and stuff like that and like you know the way it looks. But like this, this is the core of what Batman is and Superman. Now, I mean, like let me, I, I'll just put out my points here. Ben Affleck, I feel as if he didn't get a chance to be the Batman that I wanted. I didn't have a problem with him. I just feel as if. He was the best part of the film, but he just, it didn't feel like he he had a purpose, like, his purpose was so far, like, removed, like, kill Superman, kill, no, dude, you know, right. like, you know, what do you want, a brand, like, every, like, ugh, God. I don't know, closing thoughts for you, Brett. Closing thoughts, yeah, well, like I said, the more I think about the movie and the more I read about it after the fact, like, it really disappoints me. For me, the best part of the movie was Ben Affleck. I like I've been saying everyone. I think this is my new favorite Batman. I loved Bale, but I certain things with, about Bale bothered me. Um, but I feel like Affleck is what I want from a Batman, and it, it just made me more excited for the, the solo. You know, Ben Affleck, the film. Batman too. If they're gonna call it, I, I love that. Yeah. But, you know, I, honestly, I just really think Snyder, like, it makes me nervous that Snyder's doing the Justice League movies, and I just, like, you already wasted Doomsday, so now you're going to bring in DC's big villain for Justice League? Yeah. And then what? At the same time, too, as Thanos, and the two characters also have some similarities, by the way. Right. You know, that right. they're not identical to the, but, you know, the look... It's kind of the same in a way, but at the same time, I agree. Yeah. And but the the only thing going for that is like I think. And correct me if I'm wrong. Dark Seed came first, right? In totally. the comics yeah. before Thanos. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, man. I just it really it bummed me out. It, it's not the movie that I really wanted it to be. And you know, I, I kept reading like advancement or advanced reviews that said if the second trailer had you worried don't worry about it. The movie is so much more than that. And I feel like, no. after the fact, the trailer, the second trailer, is exactly the movie we got. It's the whole thing. It's the whole, it's the first act, the second act, and the third act. They, and, might, as well, they might as well even show the coffin at the end with yeah, the dirt coming I, up. You know what right. I mean? Like, I mean, just by showing Doomsday, I, I knew what was going on, you know, and that's what I was saying earlier about trailers is, there was no stakes to the so fight. Much, they just give so much away anymore that you can't even go into a movie and be entertained. And that's one thing I really credit J.J. Abrams. Like, you know, the Star Wars trailer gave you a little bit more than a typical Abrams trailer. Yeah. But the guy tries to maintain... Plot points. The magic and mystery of going to a movie and being entertained. You know, like, my favorite movie recently right now has been that 10 Cloverfield Lane. Loved it. And... Like the trailer just gives you enough, you know. Even but there's a thing in the trailer. I don't want to spoil that movie, but there's something in that trailer too. I'm like, fuck! If they just left that one second out, I would have known. It yeah. would have been even better. But yeah, you know. And then you got people that give him shit for not giving enough in trailers. But I really just trailers want... ruin the game, man. They completely yeah, ruin the game. Yeah, I mean, I when I'm watching The Walking Dead on Sundays, as soon as it's over, I turn it off. I don't want to see. Off. I don't right. want to see anything next week at all. I re- 
remember seeing the very first trailer for N. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go back and watch on YouTube, like, the very first trailer, it is the perfect trailer. It sets up a premise. It doesn't show you anything. And it's, like, as soon as it ends, you're like, holy shit. Can't wait to see I it. I want to know more about that. The first Cloverfield trailer was the same way. I remember, like, when that trailer hit, I was all over the internet. Like, oh, my God, I want to know about this movie. Slug and then when, like, Batman vs. Superman... I feel like the trailer showed the entire movie and it's like it's a movie with Batman and Superman do you really need to sell me on this no you don't you <laughs> the, the trailer alone too with just like him ripping off the mask I was like okay I don't know where that's gonna come in but that's enough really you know right. like yeah that would have been you fine. know but like like just what you said too showing doomsday shows me that Batman vs Superman the title has no there's no. there's no way to it at all because obviously they're not gonna they have to come together to knock this guy out you know what I mean but yeah. like it was, and that's one thing I will say like that's one another positive I'll say about the movie is I like the fact that they hit it in the trailers that when Superman gets to the fight he's not there to fight like Lex tells him what he wants uh, you know yeah. and, and that, when he gets to the yeah. fight right away. Is that he, he had that cool line because number one it showed that he just he knew who Batman was he was just like Bruce wait a minute I need your help yeah, and like he knew instant- that too by the way from just listening into Alfred like how did he yeah. how did he know like <laughs> but I just maybe he, maybe fact- Bruce had a Bluetooth in you know what I mean like <laughs> I, like but when he got to the fight I was like wow that's cool like in the trailers trailers they make it look like they hate each other and they're ready to go but in the movie. He gets there and is instantly like, wait, I don't want to do stop, this. Stop, stop, yeah, yeah. I need your help. I yeah. know who you are. And I was just like, well, well, that that's pretty cool. Like, And then in that minute, they make Batman like the villain. And then you're like, oh, no, wait, Bruce, no, wait, listen to him. Yeah, listen don't do it, Bruce, don't do it. Like, wait till you hear what his mother's name is before you hit him. So, I mean, there's more bad than good. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I... Hey man, I saw this petition online now where they're trying to like get Snyder to not direct yeah, the I saw it too. Justice League movie, and I'm usually I'm against that stuff, but like this is one case where I'm like, ah, you know what? I'd be fine if someone else takes the reign. Like, Dude, give, give it, it to George Miller. Yeah, you know, and there's a guy. What he worked on that Mad Max movie for ten years, right? Uh, something crazy like that. Killed it. That nobody saw that movie coming. I remember seeing a trailer for it and being like, "Wow, that looks pretty cool visually." And then that movie came out, and I said this. I said this to my friend the other day. We live in a world where a Mad Max movie was nominated for Best Picture and mm-hmm. Miller for Best Director. A Mad Max movie, you know, you and like ten, in ten years, I'm not saying take ten years and work on a movie, but when you put care and love into something it shows and you know the three years i've been waiting for this movie and i feel i can't say that about this movie no. this will get a you razzie know? without a doubt you know what and i mean like, like you know if we're getting this three hour r-rated cut so i don't know if that's gonna help maybe explain a few things better but like i said earlier it's like <laughs> they released this deleted scene of luther online while the movie's still in theaters like, that's unheard of. Like, oh, we're going to put this deleted scene out there for you so you understood what was going in the movie. No, it should have been in the movie. It should have been explained in the movie. I shouldn't have to track down the deleted scene. To see this, yeah. To, to understand what I paid, you know, $20 to go to the theater and see. Also, you know? I mean, why is Batman breaking into the jail and threatening Lex with the brand? 
And the oh. fact that Lex has shaved his head, like, come on, man. He, yeah, he I, loses his hair, you know? He loses <laughs> it. And it's part of, like, you know, his hair grows back. Hair right. grows back in prison. What is that, as his punishment? That they're going right. to cut off his locks? Like, come on, man. And here's another thing I really just don't understand, right? Uh, Luther, they set him up. He hates aliens, right? Mm-hmm. De- devils come from the sky. Mm-hmm. But yet, I went and called this dude. This Jesus. other alien. <laughs> he'll be coming down. He'll be coming down soon. Uh, yeah, he'll be. He'll be he's on his way. Come on down. Yeah, like, like ding, ding, ding. He's on his way. But uh, by the way, I hate aliens. I, I just don't understand. I, I, le- I read a lot of reviews too that said this Luther was more similar to like the Joker. You know. Yeah, he just, was in the way. Yeah, I mean, like the, just the way he acted and like he had no thought it was just he just wanted chaos like that's not lex man that? lex is smart lex is calculating right. lex is one step ahead of everyone and lex is he's you know an apex predator you know what i mean like right. he just goes after what he wants and he takes it and this was not the case and you know i mean there's there's so many parts that could have easily been fixed if they took the time to really you know go through these characters rich mythologies right. and put it on the screen and anybody else who's out there who who claims that yourself or I are, are haters and are, are just dissecting this film for the fact of sport of hating something like I don't even want right. to hate anything in life like yeah exactly. I, I, I mean like I just don't I don't know where the hate comes for somebody who's standing up for what they believe in you know what I mean like I can go on and on and um, I know I think it's just one of those things man where you know people were really passionate about what they love and they form their own opinions based around that. And if something comes in that differs from that, you know, they're just not going to agree with it. And like, for me to be called a hater for this movie, like it really like insults me and like hurts me because like, I, and I even though I'm saying all the, like, I don't hate the movie. I went, I was entertained by it. You know, if anything, it got me to be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it's making fans talk about it. I mean, yeah, I, it, it, that's what what the characters do. They they, they create such a passion, and these, right. these people aren't even real, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. You it, know, it, like it, Batman to me, like it, it, it's like a real thing. I mean, like I know that I, I talk about Batman more now than I did as a kid. You know, I, I I remember sitting in the theater like watching the movie, and I I I had my own dream sequence that actually made more sense. But I remember sitting in my bedroom as a kid, and I had Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. Um, from the 89 Batman movie and I had a Michael Keaton action figure that looked just like him and I used to make these movies up all the time to the point where I used to have my dad like bring in a camera and just put it on the tripod yeah. and I used to have like Legos that I would fly up to the camera like they were the Superman opening credits mm-hmm. and like I would just make these movies and I would always like have my Superman and Batman and like I would have them fight you know then it would be friends towards the end and mm-hmm. then you know they would, they would fight Voltron or some shit like that but um like watching this movie i'm like wow like all that fun and like it's ripped out it's just going for it's just mm-hmm. so dark and don't get me wrong i love dark and gritty like but dark i actually would rather take dark and gritty over like something very you know happy but you gotta put some heart and soul with exactly it. i mean and superman and i feel like man of steel had it a little bit more but this movie i just feel like there was nothing with Superman and like thinking about the movie now like there wasn't really much dialogue from him no and there's no heart and Superman's all heart you know what I mean like he's yeah he, just, he he's like the, the good he's truth justice in the American way you know what I mean like he he's the one that's the voice of reason and like I, I just didn't feel any of that and like it's it's a, it's a sad thing because like 
I mean, like, look, we're adults, you know, most of adults 18 to 34, you know, the next bracket, like, they all go to these things. But when it comes down to it, these are characters for kids. You know what I mean? We're, we're grown men who are kids. Let's just put it, you know, like, it's <laughs> fine. You know, like, I'm, I'm down with that. But at the same time, like, I just don't see anything that can appeal to a kid. I mean, you have to sit through at least two hours before you even get to a part that could entertain a, a kid that's, yeah, like, eight man. or nine. You know what I mean? Like, so... Like big fight doesn't happen at least until like an hour and a half into the movie yeah and it's it just it, it, it for me it was a miss and you know i waited to do this podcast because i really wanted to absorb as much thing as much information on the internet as i could i mean harry knowles and ain't a cool dot ain't a cool news uh, dot com he put out two reviews he put out one review where he kind of didn't like it and then he puts out another one where he basically says um I saw it again, and my head's corrected. Uh, I did enjoy this film. Kevin Smith right now, the Fat Man on Batman, is like one of the greatest podcasts ever. I mean, he yeah. he's catching a lot of heat right now because a lot of people are quoting him on the internet saying that he didn't like it, but he, he says he does like it. Right. Look, I'm going to say it like, I just didn't care for this film, and it, it, it makes me more excited for Suicide Squad just because I hope that David Ayer knocks it out of the park, and hopefully we get something, you know... <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm excited for Leto as the Joker, man. Oh, it's going to be great. I, 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 I was on board. As soon as I saw the image, people were like, oh, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I'm like, dude, it's something di- different and new. And, like, Leto looks like he really is dark and, like, he's he's the Joker, you know? So, uh-huh. um, look, um, it, it's That'll been... That'll be our next podcast. <laughs> no, actually, you know, I was hoping maybe, uh, perhaps maybe next week when we get you back on the show, we're going to do a Walking Dead finale. You could be oh, on the panel nice. of people and stuff. But, um, unfortunately, we are out of time here on the Bobcast. Uh, my guest tonight was Brett Talia. Um Right, right now, when's your next musical uh, performance? Uh, when is it? I believe uh, the cover band Bangarang. We are at the Fieldhouse on. Um, uh, let me see here. I believe it's we're uh, we're off for a couple of weeks because our singer is getting married. I understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think April. I think April fourteenth or fifteenth, something like that. Fieldhouse in Center City. Okay, cool. But yeah. Usually, you know, we're usually down. We're the house band down at Victory Beer Hall at Xfinity Live almost every weekend. So. Yeah, that's the one I, w- I was reading about on the internet. Well, look, this has been one of the most passionate <laughs> bobcasts I've ever recorded. Like my blood pressure is pretty high right now. My yeah, cheeks. It's funny. You think about all the shit going on in the world. Here we are sitting <laughs> down, and we're getting passionate about a yeah. fucking movie. But you know, I mean, Batman vs Superman is very similar to what's going on right now with Donald Trump, Ted Cruz. Like, po- like it's a very political movie, and you know, like, I'm very passionate, just like yourself, about these characters, and like, it, it's just something that just, uh, you know, it really interests me. I mean, I'm more interested in these these fictional characters than I am right. in certain things that you know, and like, that's just the thing too, is that fictional characters like this. It's a great escape. It's a healthy escape for people. Reading comic books. If your kids like Batman, Superman, don't just take them to these movies. Go out and get them books because I believe that comic books are literature. I mean, they're not novels. You know, the the WB animated movies I think do a great job of putting these stories out. You know, like the the Dark Knight Returns one and two is fantastic. It's great, and the Killing Joke's coming out soon. Oh yeah, the Killing Joke. You got Mark Hamill doing it. Like, come on, Kevin Conroy. So and, yeah, you know, the, you know I mean, the Superman Doomsday movie was great. Oh, they're know? all really good. So I mean, Flashpoint. there's, there's like a there's a lot of notes. rich history out there for for people to to get involved with. And unfortunately for for myself, this film just wasn't that. And you know, hopefully, the people listening to this, you know, will will tag each other on Facebook, on Twitter, social media platforms. If you have something to say, 
by all means, comment in the box. Let us know what you think. If you like the movie, tell us why. You know, this Bobcast can be an interactive thing. Uh, my name's Bob. <laughs> my guest tonight was Brett. Thanks very much. This has been another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast.